Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It is said of great athletes, truly great ones, that they have not only exceptional talents and abilities, but that they also make others around them better. That's what separates them from other tremendous athletes who also, no doubt, have exceptional talents and abilities, but somehow don't achieve the same level of greatness. What elevates a a Michael Jordan or a a Patrick Mahomes above others? What they do affects and influences and raises up others. Sometimes how they play makes others better. Sometimes they have to get in a teammate's face and lay down the law. Or sometimes they have to give them a pat on the back and lift them up after they've messed up. But they are able to do what others cannot or will not do. Now I bring all that up because St. Paul today in the epistle mentions athletes and competing. Writing to the Christians in the city of Corinth, one of the largest and most important cities in Greece at that time. The country which started the Olympic Games. So they knew a little about this, just as sports has permeated our society today. He says that Christians should be like that, like the greats, and even more. For we are not competing for a perishable wreath or crown, or to make a name for ourselves today, which will only be forgotten tomorrow. Our crown, our name as Christians is eternal. So we should live that way. But, what does that mean? What does that look like? Well, hang on to those questions. I'm going to come back to them. But first, remember what we heard in the Holy Gospel today. Last week, Jesus was in a synagogue in Capernaum and cleansed a man of an unclean spirit. Immediately after that, Mark says, as we heard today, he healed Peter's mother-in-law of a fever just with his touch. Then when word about that gets out and around town, when the Sabbath is over at sundown, the whole town comes out to Jesus with all their sick and diseased and demon-possessed for Jesus to heal, and he does. He does until the next morning when after praying, and it's time to move on to the next towns and villages to do more of the same. Now notice what Jesus is doing. He doesn't just come and go right to the cross, though he could have. He is making everyone around him better. And not only by miracles like these that we heard about today, but when he goes to the homes of people, to the homes of both Pharisees and sinners, and eats with them. 
Or when he hangs out with those in society, not just the ones that society likes, but those that society considers undesirables. When he gets in someone's face and preaches the law. Or when he encourages and lifts up those who have been chewed up and spit out by the world. With his word of gospel. With his forgiveness and life. And when he cares for people, Jews and non-Jews alike, widows and centurions. And for this, for all this, he gets crucified. By making everyone around him better, no matter who they are or where they are from, he isn't, well, he is making those who don't, who only are in this for themselves, look bad. So Jesus got to go. But then, after three days in the tomb, Jesus rose from the dead, crossed the finish line from time to eternity. The finish line no one else could cross. And so he was the one. The one Paul spoke of who won the race. The race not for riches, fame, power, or popularity, things of this world, but for everlasting life. None of us could do that, but he did. And even then, Jesus continues to do what he did before and has always done. Make others, make us better by giving us his victory. Giving the forgiveness, the resurrection, the life, and the kingdom he won to us. So that we are winners too. He is a savior like no other. Okay, so now back to Paul. Paul who said, run to win the prize. But Jesus already won the prize And gave it to you. When you were baptized, you were made a child of God and promised eternal life. That's already yours. So, running the race, competing now, what does that mean? What does that look like? Well, first of all, it means not dropping out of the race, of course. If you do... Obviously, you're not going to cross the finish line. So we keep coming to church. We keep hearing the word. We keep living in our baptism. We keep receiving the body and blood of Jesus. We keep receiving the gifts of God that give us his victory. Jesus's victory. Of course, that's first. But also, it is to make others around us better. For if we've already been given everything, we can now do for others. Because we don't run alone. We're in this with others. Paul is addressing a church. And so in that context, to run to win is to outdo one another, not for myself, but in love. In service, in forgiving, 
in selflessness, in giving. Giving to others what we have already received and what will never run out. Now, Paul talked about how he did that in words that are often misunderstood. He said that though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all. I became all things to all people, to Jews, to those under the law, to those not under the law, to the weak, whoever, to make them better, to give them the gospel, to share the blessing of Christ's victory with them. Now, Paul didn't literally become a Jew again, or a hooligan, or a prostitute, or a murderer to win the hooligans, prostitutes, and murderers. That's absurd. But you might sometimes hear something like that. Paul didn't change who he was, just as Jesus didn't change who he was. But he went to them, and he walked with them. He didn't just bark commands at them or tell them to try harder. He lived with them and made them better. By loving them with both the law and the gospel, calling them to repentance and giving them forgiveness so they too could have the victory, Christ's victory, which is for all people. So now think, who has done that you who came to you and spoke that word of law when you needed it when you were wayward and proud you may not have appreciated it but you needed it and who came to you and forgave you when you needed it when you were despairing and burdened and thinking you'd never measure up and be a good Christian and someone pointed you to the cross and said, you're right, you'll never win, but there's the one who won for you. And he gives his victory to you here. They made you better. Not because there was something in it for them, but because they already received that crown and victory and life and so could help you. Okay, now think again. Who could you do that for? Who in your family? Who in your neighborhood or work or school? Who here in this church? Who needs you and what you can give them? Maybe they need some law. Go back to church. Stop gossiping. Stop coveting and chasing after the things of this world. Or maybe they need some encouragement and gospel. To hear that they are important. That they matter. That we miss them not being here. That they are dearly loved and forgiven. You can do that because you already have the crown of life 
and are fed by the body and blood of Jesus here to strengthen you for the forgiveness of your sins. So St. Paul said, I, I do not run aimlessly. Or to put that another way, I keep my eye on the goal. That's what the greats do, right? They don't let themselves get distracted. They don't get sidetracked into things that don't help. And there are a lot of things in this world that distract us and get us off track, aren't there? That use up our time and attention and energy so that when it comes to what really matters, I don't have time. I'm too tired. Satan loves that. Why do you think he keeps bombarding us? Sometimes with big things, yes, but more often I think with little things, thousands of little things to keep us busy, to distract us with problems, with pleasures, with stuff that doesn't even matter, to pull us away little by little so that we don't even notice until finally, We don't even care anymore. Think that ever happens? Maybe that it happened or was happening in Capernaum. But Jesus came to them. Jesus, who fulfilled the words that we heard in Isaiah today. For Jesus, the very Son of God, is the one who sits above the circle of the earth over all creation. And we are like little grasshoppers to him. He is the one who stretched out the heavens. He is the one who raises up and puts down princes and kingdoms. He is the one who cares for the earth and its seasons, making it bud, flourish, and bring forth. He is the one who brings out the stars at night and keeps the planets in their orbits. He is the one who sees and knows all that you are going through. Nothing is hidden from his sight. So to say that Jesus came to the people of Capernaum, that's who came to the people in Capernaum. That God. The great and only God. Who didn't have to be there. But he wanted to be there. He wanted to go to the cross. And he wants to be here for you today too. So that day and night in Capernaum, well, let's listen to the rest of what Isaiah had to say. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. They waited for the Lord. And he did not let them down. He renewed them. He strengthened them. He healed them. They could see again. They could walk and run again. They could hear again. They were set free from their bondage. And one day they would grow weak again and be faint and weary again. And one day they would die. But even then, Jesus was there for them. And he will be there for us because he who died for us 
and was buried with us, then rose for us to renew us and give us a new life where there will never again be a weary and exhausted, a discouraged and despairing, a sinful, unclean, or adrift. A life across the finish line from time to eternity. That new life begun in baptism, renewed with his absolution and fed with his body and blood, And finally brought to completion at the resurrection. All for you. So that day in Capernaum, Jesus did visibly what he is doing here invisibly. Saving, renewing, strengthening. Conquering the ravages of sin and death. Winning the race we could not win. And then taking us with him to victory. Paul took that victory with him wherever he went. So can you. And with that love and forgiveness and life make others around us better too. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.